Hey, before we get started, I wanted to let you know that the Women's Social Club chapters are open now in Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, Chicago, D.C., Denver, Jacksonville, Florida, Memphis, Miami, New York City, Pasadena, California, Wilmington, North Carolina, with multiple chapters in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the surrounding areas. If you're in those cities, come join us at thewomensocialclub.co. And if you don't hear your location, visit our website and click start your own chapter. We'll see you soon and let's get to the show. The biggest issue we see, the biggest pain point we see for, for women is the lack of confidence um, in getting started. And so a lot of the time it's, what do I invest in? How much should I be investing in every month or how much should I be investing in general? To all my hustlers, dreamers, love dealers, I'm that kind of girl. Work hard, play hard, from my own heart, might just rule the world. Welcome to the Women's Social Club, a women-supporting women group where we make it easier to connect with new friends and our communities while supporting our local women-owned businesses. I'm Hannah Weisberg, founder and CEO of WSC. And today we're excited to have Eve Halimi, co-founder and co-CEO of Alinea, a socially responsible investing platform. Back on episode three, we talked with CPA Chrissy DeNoyer about budgeting and understanding your finances. And today we're taking it a step further. It's time to talk about investing. I found Eve and her co-founder Anam on TikTok where they immediately grabbed my attention and I wanted to learn more. Eve and Anam both interned on Wall Street and went to Columbia. And it was in an entrepreneurship class their senior year that they started to think about an idea. We started sitting down and, and kind of thinking about ideas that we have for, for this, this class. And we both stumbled upon the fact that we don't know how to invest our money, even though we worked on Wall Street. And, um, and that the most of our girlfriends just never talk about money, never talk about how to grow their wealth. And never talk about investing. It was always a guy's conversation or, or a conversation that no one was having. And so we decided to create this, this concept called Alinea. Alinea was initially about creating community events around education and investing. And at the end of the project, they had an event with 26 speakers and 500 attendees. They knew they had something, but after graduation, they went on to their full-time jobs. And then COVID, and they had a lot more time on their hands. So we applied to an accelerator program called Y Combinator, end up getting in um, on the first chance, and we basically raised $2 million at that time. This was two years ago. Grow our team and start building the app. So this is that's a bit about the, the background story of Alinea. <laughs> So did you guys always have that entrepreneurial bug or did it just kind of happen like happenstance? Yes, we always did. Um, we always loved doing uh, side projects. We always, I, I, in college, I also started an event planning agency that was called Entourage. Uh, it was about bringing different people together and, and always from a young age was selling different things at school or um, wherever I was. So yeah, definitely had that entrepreneurial bug from a young age. And you both bring a unique set of skills. I think that's what's really cool is when people who are friends first go into business together, 
Um, I feel like what separates the people who make it from who don't are bringing in just two totally different sets of skills. I feel like with your, you know, really strong in marketing and that focus and Anam having a really strong background in finance, I think it's been really cool to see you guys talk to it in different ways and strategies and things like that. How is it going into business with a friend? So how do you set up healthy boundaries in terms of your relationship, work versus personal? So funnily enough, Anam and I weren't friends. Yeah, (laughs) you met in class. Yes. Yeah. And so we didn't start off as friends. We we just started off as like, okay, you're in a class with me. We studied the same thing. Like, let's pair up for this product together. But we weren't we, we were nowhere close to being in the friend, same friends group or, or hanging out with the same people. Like it was, we were in completely different social circles. So I think that that helped. Yeah. Because from the beginning, we were very honest with each other and we were like, oh, okay, you, you bring out different sides of me and, and, and we're able to, sometimes you're, you're more careful about what you say in front of a friend or you're more careful about how you act in front of a friend. And we were always very honest and truthful with each other. Um, So I think it helps not being friends in the beginning. As co-founders, do you guys kind of set up boundaries in terms of like who does what and who responds to what and takes the lead on certain things? Yeah, there's like a a trillion departments that we're... (laughs) that we're managing. So Anam does more of the customer support. Um, She does a lot of the product work, even though we're both very involved in the product work. She does a lot of, we we both do a lot of the digital marketing together. I do more of the off the ground marketing in-person events as well. Um, I I took care of the, I actually took care of the financials and the fundraising and the data side of things. Um, So we, yeah, we definitely have uh, depart- but within departments, there are so many different ones that you yes. you have to, to delegate. Um, and what's good with Anamana is that we're, we are complementary, but we also can, if someone is absent for a few days or if someone has an emergency, we can always uh, pick up the work for, for the other. And what sort of values were important to you guys? So when you did decide to officially make this into a business, so what did that look like for you? We were so passionate about it that we, I mean, we were texting constantly after we, we were, we graduated, um, talking about the idea. If you're thinking about the idea and about the concept and the problem when you're before going to bed or in the shower or on your way to work, like, you know, that there's a true passion within you about what you want to do um, and that you really want to change things. And, and you need to have that on both ends, on both co-founder ends for it to last and for it to, because startups are extremely hard. Um, things come up all the time and, and for you to have that, that resilience, you need to, to have that passion there. And and I think that Anam and I both had that passion and, and we both had that founder market fit where we didn't have a solution to the problem we had and we, we really related to it and we saw it around us. Do you consider Alinea to be a mission-driven business just as much as a tech business? Yeah, 100%. So your mission of creating a space where investing is easy to understand, it's approachable, it's accessible to women, younger generations, it's going to be hugely impactful. You can already see it just in the social media, the events that you do. There's so much interest and I I love the energy around it. 
when it comes to like breaking down myths and and things around the the finance world when it comes to women, what do you think has been like one of the most common myths surrounding investing for women? Um, the, so the biggest issue we see, the biggest pain point we see for for women is the lack of confidence um, in getting started. And so a lot of the time it's, what do I invest in? How much should I be investing in every month? Or how much should I be investing in general? And to address those pain points, um, we have created this automated investment uh, vehicle, basically, where you just have to put your investments on an automatic basis. It's dollar cost averaging. So you can invest every month $100 or you can invest every week $50, whatever it is that you're comfortable with. But that at least removes the the, the thought or the fear of like, oh, how much should I should I be putting in? And, and when should I know when to buy? When should I know when to sell? All these different stressful uh yeah, thoughts about investing are, are kind of removed through automated investing. We've also called it playlists instead of ETFs, um, which breaks down the, the the terminology, which makes it more accessible. So we're we're constantly trying to innovate on how you yeah you think about um, investing, how you think about this terminology, and how um, and how you should be investing. One of the things that when I when I found you guys on TikTok, the messages that. Anam was sharing was during one of her internships, um, meeting a guy, a fellow colleague of hers, and he was talking about how, you know, independently wealthy he was already at such a, a young age because of his, you know, starting off as investing as an early age um, boy and that being introduced to him so young. How early can we start? So we officially at 18, legally at 18, uh, but a lot of parents get you started on custodian accounts. Um, so, so yeah, so it, it, it really depends on, on how you're, you're going to raise your children. And, uh, and I think our society is going to see more and more, uh, is going to open up more and more custodial accounts for their children and, and get them started at an earlier age. And so what would be like the one piece of advice that you would give someone, a woman starting out in her investment journey? So this is her first time, her first experience. She finds your app. She hears about you guys. What would be your your first piece of advice on how to get started? To get set up on the app takes two minutes. Um, <laughs> and to uh, set up a um, an investment through the automated offering, the automated playlist. Our automated strategy basically mimics a lot of Warren Buffett's investments portfolio. Um, so it's very values investing driven and it's backed by um, by, by one of the most successful investors of all time. And we, yeah, we to, to get set up on by putting 5% of your paycheck or 2% of your paycheck, whatever you're comfortable with, on a monthly basis, I like doing a hundred dollars every month. So, so whatever your you, you want to do and, and your risk appetite, essentially to set it up um, monthly and then to to let us do the work for you. We manage your investments for you. We give you updates every day on the news that go that goes on about your portfolio, and we give you weekly and sorry monthly um, sort of Spotify snapshots, weekly recaps of uh, how your portfolio performed. So once you're set up on this, you're going to start feeling more comfortable about your investments. And then 
if you want to invest a bit more into Estee Lauder or Olaplex or a company or Warby Parker, a company that you love, then you can go in and kind of buy a, a, a fraction of a cost, a fraction of a, a share of a company on your own. But to the initial step should really be to have and to have a good and healthy portfolio to, to invest through this sort of um, strategy on a monthly basis. And if you come into it and you don't really have any preference in terms of like what types of businesses or stocks you invest in, do you guys have sort of um, a template for someone to kind of plug into? Well, that that's why we have this Alinea All-Stars um, yes. strategy because it's for people who don't know what to, they don't have a preference as to what to invest in. They just want their money to grow essentially. And then as far as membership, is there any sort of cost associated with it? We yes, we are a business, so we do need to to charge yes. <laughs> we don't charge any fees on the self-directed investing. So if you're going in and buying a share of an ETF or or stock, we're not gonna be um charging anything there but if you uh, but through the automated if you're investing over a hundred dollars we're charging five dollars a month and if you're investing over six thousand dollars we take a one percent AUM fee nice I mean that's super approachable for someone who is just getting started that's I feel like for me especially a lot of people are starting with $20 in the automated and just seeing if they like it, seeing if they, and then they get more comfortable and they'll put in a, a bigger amount. But they, um, the people, and so under the $100 mark, there's a lot of people who are just testing it at the beginning. It's kind of like a freemium offering. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome that you do get to like test out the experience for yourself before like fully committing to something. Um, especially when it comes to your money and with a lot of us being, you know, having independence in our finances and very much depending on what we make. So it really matters where our money goes. Um, as far as your business goes and personally, has there been anything that you guys have accomplished so far that you didn't expect? So many things. I mean, if I was to look back at uh, 2019 when we were in that school classroom, like I would never thought that we would have gotten so fast into Y Combinator and raised money this quickly and and built a product, a really great product that people love um, this fast. So yeah, and and I wouldn't have thought that we would have we would have grown to 50,000 uh, investors in with 77% of them being female and 72% of them being first-time investors um, this fast as well, especially in this economy. So yeah, there's there's a lot of these um, these things that I think we've done we've done really well, and I think it's because we've been really customer focused. We are obsessed with talking to customers and uh, and iterating on the product based on what they say. Who has been someone that's really been a strong mentor for you guys getting into this, being a first-time entrepreneur um, and business owner? Has there been someone in particular who's played a big role in that? Yeah, there, there's a few people. So uh, Michael Seibel, who's the, um, he's no longer the CEO. He's a partner at Y Combinator. He's the one who really, uh, he was the, the one of the founders of Twitch. 
he really, he was our first yes. He really believed in us. He saw the problem and he saw that we had the founder market fit and he opened up a door when he accepted us into Y Combinator. Uh, and he's been with us since the beginning and he's always a phone call away when we have a problem or, or there's an issue. So he's, and he's also an incredibly successful um, founder and has has been an uh, advisor to Airbnb from the beginning. Um, so he's, He's seen hundreds and thousands of startups um, and has incredible advice. He's definitely been one of the best mentors. We also have an angel investor called Ashley Aiden, who is an incredible woman. She's now at Vamos Ventures. She was at MIT um, when we first met her, MIC Sloan. And she was one of the first believers in us as well. She saw the problem. She didn't know how to invest her money um, as a young woman in college. She was intimidated by it. Uh, she was intimidated by all the platforms, feeling like they were designed by men and built like a video game. And so she really resonated with our with our product and with the what we wanted to build and our vision. And um, and she I do, we just spoke to her this morning. She's really someone that is a text away, a call away. She is so helpful, always introducing us to help to other people, always um, yeah, helping us in, in so many different ways. So how did you get started in that fundraising world? So did you already have any sort of warm intros when you were going through that thinking through process together and you were like, I really think this should be something and knowing that you needed to fundraise to build an app for this, what did that look like when you were starting to pitch? Was it a full long process or did you have, you know, existing relationships you could tap into? Yeah, so we, we first tried to raise while we were at our full-time jobs. I do not recommend doing that. <laughs> it was painful and brutal and not um, work at all. But yeah, we, we reached out to a lot of Columbia University alumni. We reached out to a lot of people in our network and just pulled out reached VCs, uh, thousands of them. And we, we were speaking to a lot of prominent VCs, very good investors, and everyone was saying no after no. They were like, you're, you're not full-time on this. What are you doing? Like, you're be committed, and then we can talk. Um, and that's when we knew an accelerator program would be really helpful because not only would it allow us to kind of take the step of quitting our jobs and being full-time on it, but it would also give us that stamp of approval where investors would be coming to us. So we uh, applied to Y Combinator, um, ended up getting our first yes that way. And after getting into YC, your inbox are kind of flooded with investors from the moment you're you're accepted. So the process of raising a seed round was much easier. It was no longer us chasing the investor. It was the investor coming to us. Uh, with that said, it still took hundreds of meetings to, for us to close the $2 million, But it was... It was in a much shorter time frame, so we raised it in three weeks, and it was, um, yeah, it was much, much easier because you didn't have to go out there and, and find the investors. They were coming to you. Yes, I can see. I've definitely heard, um, you know, lots of mixed reviews about that process and how raising is a full-time job. We're planning to raise this year, and I'm starting to have those initial meetings now, and and all of that. So lots of rejection on the front end. I can definitely attest to that. But it's also us interviewing them. And that's something that I remind myself of is that you need the right fit. We don't just need, you know, the financing that they can provide. Like they also are providing us with, you know, 
their resources in terms of connections and things that we need and just acumen to the business. So I love picking people's brains about going through that process since that's something I'm just at the beginning of myself. What would you say your guys' biggest challenge right now in terms of your roles in the business and how you're tackling that? It's a very good question. I, the biggest challenge for us right now is the economy. We are, at the end of the day, an investing platform, so it's a cyclical business. And when the markets are down, people do not want to be talking about investing. People do not want to be, yeah, they, they don't want to be sharing investing apps with each other. Um, so it, it makes it harder for us to grow through word of mouth. Um, we've been fortunate to grow through TikTok, but it, it definitely prevents the, the growth that we could have had through word of mouth if the markets were in a different place. So yeah, the, the markets being turbulent as they are right now and the economy and the inflation being this high makes investing less of a priority to, for people. And, um, and that's the challenge we're facing. I've heard a lot of people say who made a lot of money during, you know, other turbulent markets say this is actually the time to invest because everything is marked down. And if you have the flexibility to put money into the market, to do it because this is the time when people become wealthy really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like when things are on sale, you're, you're going to go run and, and get that item. But people don't think that way necessarily with the stock market uh, because it's so scary. And um, and that's the the stigma we're trying to break right now. It's that, and there's a, the amazing Warren Buffett quote. I am a big Warren Buffett fan. If you haven't noticed yet, <laughs> he says, "Greedy when others are fearful, and fearful when others are greedy." And I think it really resonates well with the the current economic market that's happening right now. So, what's the most important lesson that you've learned in your career so far, and that you think, you know? everyone should sort of learn at some point in their life. It doesn't have to be like specific to, you know, the exact job you're doing, but an overall lesson this has taught you. I'll give you two. <laughs> two important <laughs> lessons. The first one is talking to customers and, and understanding the importance of getting feedback and building a, a product people love. And there's something that Y Combinator says really well, which is, it's better for you to build a product that a hundred people are obsessed with than a product that a thousand people will use. And they often say do things that don't scale for that reason, right? So that's why we have been customer obsessed from the beginning. And I think we made a lot of mistakes, but we failed fast uh, this past year. We we built the wrong things for our audience and for the the market that we are trying to help. So we're adjusting that and we're, we're learning through the, the process. So, so failing fast is another one um, <laughs> as an entrepreneur. And the third one is to reach out to people. Um, we have done so many cold outreach to, to people like Ashley, for instance, who ended up being one of the best investors we have on the cap table, to people like Michael Seibel from Y Combinator. To, it, it's just it costs nothing to get a rejection and, it, and it's everything to get a yes. So to not be afraid to just do it and to just push yourself to to cold outreach um, and to grow your network. What's an idea or something that experts in this field say that you guys disagree with? Hmm. Oh, I have. <laughs> when we were fundraising, uh, investors were pushing us 
off or pushing back on the fact that we didn't believe in social investing so much because we were talking to customers and understanding the customer pain point and really focusing on that, which is, I don't know what to invest in. They didn't really care about, oh, this Jolene is investing in Apple and Alexa is investing in Tesla. They, They wanted to know, how do I build a good portfolio? What do I invest in and how much should I be investing in? So when you break down those pain points, Social investing isn't necessarily how what's going to help them with getting started. But when we were talking to investors, they were like, no, no, no. Social investing is the hype. It's the hype. So you need to um, you need to be building something around that. And it was that's why we received a lot of no's when we were fundraising um, during Y Combinator, because people were were building social investing apps. And that was much more sexier, but it wasn't necessarily what the customers wanted. So listening to your gut and knowing because you knew the problem that you were solving because you lived that problem. Yeah. And and the other one I will say is, and it's it's hard as a founder to charge, but charging um, your customers a subscription, we waited too long to do so. And, um, and we actually had so no churn, no one left for $5 a month fee. And and investors also were pushing back on that, saying no one wants to pay a subscription these days. No consumer will, yeah, will will pay for this, essentially when they have Robinhood for free. But when you're providing someone a solution, $5 a month for them is nothing. And and we, we were so so scared of doing of taking that step um because of the the advice we were getting um and we finally did it and it feels good to trust your gut yes i mean it is so true that as i think women too are afraid to ask for money for an expertise that they're providing i mean i was speaking with someone the other day she's a chief people officer and we were talking about how you know she's worked with a lot of women recently who are going through different transitions in their job situations. And she's like, I can meet with them for coffee for like 15 minutes and completely rework their resume, like give them tips and help them. And I could do that for free. And then, but like a man wouldn't do that. A man would be like, okay, that would be $300 for me to consult with you on those things. And so owning your worth and knowing that, um, and like you said, you didn't see any churn because people are feeling the value that you're bringing. And I think that speaks for itself. So I'm excited for you guys that you were able to to take that step. So what is your favorite part of your job and your least favorite part? I have mine and I love people asking there. I love asking people theirs. I want to hear yours after. <laughs> yes. Favorite part of my job is talking to users, talking to our community, getting their feedback. It's the best feeling is getting on a call with a student or a young woman who said, I never thought I was an investor until I found your app. I come from, an, my parents are immigrants in this country. I was never taught how to how to make money work for me. I was always taught to work hard for money. And now I have money. What do I do with it? Um, thank you, because I never knew what to do with it before your, your app. My least favorite parts of the day is dealing with uh, compliance issues, dealing with regulations, dealing with all the logistical, uh, legal stuff that we sometimes have to take on because we don't have enough resources to, to outsource these, these things to do. I can appreciate that. My 
favorite thing to do again. It's like you. It's people facing. So I enjoy going to our events. I enjoy, I love talking to our team members. So we have chapter directors across the country at all of the different locations, some of who I have not actually met in person yet. Um, but I feel like they're my family. I mean, we're essentially building this together and they have such amazing ideas. And like we have a once a month call where all of us get on together and it's very collaborative. It's not just me talking at people. It does feel like a team. So I'd have to say like being in it with my team and getting to be with members and experiencing the club as a member is probably my favorite part. Um, my least favorite part, it's definitely the behind the scenes, like accounting. I do all of it on Fridays because I will put it off forever. And that is the worst thing to have to catch up on. So I force myself to do it on Fridays so that it's not as big of a beast. But that is something that I will procrastinate on all day. <laughs> Do you have any productivity hacks? So doing my accounting on Fridays has been a, a definite productivity hack for me to make sure I actually get that done and don't push it push it away too long. What's your favorite sort of hack that you do? It's a great question. I, I try to get away from the to-do list now and just block chunks in my calendar. I try to put a nice thing that I like doing and then a thing that I don't like doing as much after the other so that I can balance my days out. Where do you guys see yourselves in the business within the next year? Um, are there any like exciting releases or updates coming up that you can share with us? Yes, so many. So we actually, we're going to be announcing this quite soon, but we're, we partnered with a company called Stock Perks. And so we're going to be offering perks for stock ownership on the app. Right now there's a limited list. So we have WeWork, we have a few other companies, but when you own a, a share of Estee Lauder, for instance, you'll be able to get a gift, a goodie bag from Estee Lauder every month. Um, there's so many reward and loyalty programs with public companies that are very hard and um, not accessible to the retail investor. So we're trying to make it um, make it more accessible. So we're very excited about Stock Perks. Um, and we're, our event tonight actually is with them. The other thing that we're really excited for is that we're launching two more strategies this month, uh, one called uh, one around fighting climate change because it's been a huge request from our customers investing with impacts, and the other one is a recession-proof strategy. So it's one that where you're investing in in, in gold, in real estate, in um, commodities. So you, there's seven different ETFs basically basketed together, and it's hedged against the the recession. So those are exciting, and we also are going to be releasing our Spotify wrapped uh, recaps, so you'll be able to understand. Oh, this month um, I helped X amount. I, I helped save like X amount of um, carbon emission because I invested in these companies. Oh, this month I I did I contributed to X amount. Um, so there there's going to be a lot of um, interesting fun content delivered to you through your your investments. That's amazing, and those all came from like listening to your audience. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> So what's the question that I didn't ask today that you would like to answer or provide information on for everybody listening? Where they can find more about Alinea. Yes. Um, but I do think you asked all the, the right questions. The <laughs> great questions. 
Uh, you, you can find more about Alinea on alinea-invest.com or looking us up on the app store at Alinea Invest. And you can also find us on TikTok through Anam and Eve or Alinea Invest um, and on Instagram through Alinea Invest. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm really excited to, to check it out and test out some investing options of my own. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> thank you so much, Hannah. It was such a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much to Eve Halimi. Be sure to check out the Alinea app and their social media channels. And we'll be sure to share all of the links in the show notes. And a few ways to follow Women's Social Club. One, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And two, you can visit thewomensocialclub.co and find the community that's closest to you. If there's nothing close to you, please let us know. And third, Follow us on social media where you'll find clips of this podcast as well as Women's Social Club's events throughout the country. We're at Women's Social Club on both Instagram and TikTok and at The Women's Social Club on Facebook. This podcast is edited and produced by Earfluence. I'm Hannah Weisberg, and on behalf of everyone at The Women's Social Club, we can't wait to welcome you into our sisterhood. We'll see you again soon with the next episode.